Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome, welcome to a brand new week of Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Hope you had a lovely weekend. Wasn't the weather just simply gorgeous? Once you were in a little bit of shelter from that beast from the east, because if you're on the coast, by God, is that east wind cold. But I was farther inland over the weekend, and I have to say it was warmer as it crosses the land. But along the coast, she's nippy for sure, but lovely. And a great week's weather in prospect as well. Long may it continue. Welcome to the show. We have lots of chat coming up as usual over the next couple of hours. If you want to get in touch, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. But we start today with someone I just love talking to. She's a columnist with independent newspapers and her opinions, well, like them or load them, I enjoy them every time I read Sarah Gary. Welcome back, Sarah. Hello, how are you? I'm really good. And today, I, I think there's going to be an education for people, real education as we speak this afternoon. Your latest musings is about switching banks. And you have been a loyal and faithful Ulster Bank customer for how long, Sarah? Yes, I never had a day's trouble with them and they have a brilliant app and I'm so sorry to see them leave the market, but they are leaving the market as our KBC which they estimate leaves about half a million customers who mm. need to get a new bank account. And you think this might be relatively straightforward, but obviously, Jerry, it's not. So I'm here no. to warn any <laughs> existing customers off the banks. They need to get started. So you're 40 years, I'll tell them. You're about 40 years with Ulster Bank. You never had a day's issue with them, and you're sorry to see them go. But this transfer or looking for a new home for your financial dealings, I'll quote you. You say it's a marathon, not a sprint. It began when? January for you. I began in January because uh, technically we have until the end of the year to do this, but I like to think I'm the queen of administration (laughs) and I wanted to get started nice and early with it. And when you start off, it looks easy enough. So for example, you can go on to a new bank, download an app on your smartphone, and in a couple of minutes, you think you have a bank account, but actually that's only the start of it. And even that process of doing an app and verifying your ID, you know, from a smartphone, you know, if you don't have a smartphone, as many people don't, or maybe if you're a little bit older, not used to managing all of that, you are going to need some help with that part. But then you have to do other things, like you have to get your PPS number verified, and then you have to try and switch. 
and they have this thing called a switching form that you have to send off to the bank for. And the idea is that you put all your details into that, they send it to your old bank, and then all your direct debits, you know, for your ESB bill Mm. or whatever, will automatically switch over. Now, even getting that form and filling that out, you know, you need to be in a good place for it, I have to say. You know, you need a bit of mental strength to get through these forms, you know what it's like? And um, so two of my direct debits did not switch, so I suddenly got notices to say I had bills unpaid, which for me is one of these, you know, trigger things because I'm so paranoid about always paying Mm. everything on time. So I had to then get those manually changed. So my advice, if you have to change, is actually forget about the switching form. I would just change your direct debits yourself. Get in touch with your own utility provider and do that. And then you'll know that it gets done. But then there were two other problems. One is my credit card is with the Ulster Bank as well. And I had to get a new credit card. And that's now where I really ran into trouble because you're supposed to apply online. And they turned me down. (gasps) What? What? And you were an impeccable record. I have always paid my credit card in full every single month, ever since I had a credit card. You know, so I I think there aren't many people like me, but I'm one of those people. (laughs) And uh, yes, I don't know why they turned me down. So I tried to go into a bank branch to find out why. And then you know what it's like. You go in, they said, oh, we don't do lending here. And I said, oh, but it's not lending. It's only my credit card. And they said, no, 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 it's credit. That is lending. So I was pointed to um, phones on a wall. Yeah. So you could get through to their customer service directly then, which was fine. At least you didn't have to spend an hour on the phone crying uh, while you were on hold. But then that meant that I had to discuss all my personal details, my savings, you know, my credit worthiness. And there were other people milling around. And I felt really now uncomfortable and annoyed that I had to do that. So then I got cross with the poor guy on the other end of the phone. Oh, God, help him. I know. I had to apologize and make up by the end of it. We were best friends. Good. Um, But it is, you know, it's trying. It really, really is trying. So it took six weeks for them to get me the credit card out. And they said we're just inundated. Mm. It's just pure volume is delaying them. But if that's, if volume is delaying them now, when there's only a few early birds like myself changing, what is it going to be like in October yes. or November? Yes, yes, it's going to be chaos. And the yes. other thing was your overdraft, wasn't it? Yes, now this was the real shocker. Now, like I said, like I'm really good about paying my bills, but you know, every month there would be a few days or maybe a week where my account would go into overdraft, like maybe some big bill comes in and that's been paid before my salary um, goes in. But you're not even allowed to apply for an overdraft until you've had an account for at least three months. And if you want to apply for one online, six months. So what I had to do to make sure, and then if a bill came in, and it would have put your account into overdraft and you don't have one, you're charged a fee, a tenner, for that coming in, plus your bill is not paid. So what I was able to do was I had some savings, and I put a couple of grand of my savings into the new bank account to act as a buffer. But, like, I can do that. But a lot of people don't have that spare cash that they could, you know, use as a buffer. So what are they going to do? 
Now, the banks are all saying, look, these are credit procedures that we have to go through. It's not our fault. It's central bank regulations. The central bank are saying, yeah, we do have regulations and we do have to um, uh, implement them because we know what happened when we weren't enforcing regulations and mm. we'd like touch regulations. Mm. So, again, uh, for businesses, there'll be a lot of small businesses moving over. I don't know how they're going to manage. So, again, you really, really need to start early and mm. you really need to be ready for that. And that is the message today that people should mm. take cognizance of. And, and a lot of people just let it, and it's, a, you know, busy with other things in life. They'll say they'll leave it, we leave it, we'll, we'll get it done. But if you run into what Sarah ran into, remember she started in January, we're now heading for the month of May. Just think about the chaos that can cause. Here's the other thing. Um, does it open up or pu- push people towards on post and the credit union which you mentioned? Yeah, and the other one is Revolut. Um, yes. So I think on post and the credit union are at a huge advantage because, say, you know, Enfield where I live. I mean, all the bank branches have shut down there. But we still have our postmistress, whom we know very well in the local post office. And then the credit union has a nice building and local staff that we all know. And, and they do a lot of services that you think, you know, they wouldn't necessarily do. So on post have a full current account offering. Mm. And um, so it's well worth your while, I think, if you're in any way apprehensive about this or you think you're going to need help with apps and filling out forms, will be to go in there and I think they would be able to personally help you with an awful lot of the administrative stuff, you know, yes. that I found challenging. Yes. And then the other one, if you're more adventurous, um, is something like Revolut. They have a full banking license now. Yes. Now, again, that's not going to suit everybody, but um, particularly maybe younger people or that, they can just set that up online. Now, they don't offer a full suite of services, but for a lot of people, it really would suit. So it's well worth looking at the options, I think, um, if they're available to you. On post definitely is a big one. Mm. Oh, like the overdraft and, and the credit card thing are unbelievable, giving, giving you a record. Wouldn't you think they just transfer, like Ulster Bank know you, they know your bona fides, that should just flip across. Yeah, and that's what I was suggesting in the article, that I think if they had been ahead of the game, because they knew a year ago, like once Ulster Bank and KBC, you know, announced they were leaving, they knew there was going to be a big problem. So I think um, if I were in charge, (laughs) I would have arranged it that overdrafts could transfer along with the current account. But again, they're saying, no, there has to be credit checks done. And, um, and, And this was the really weird thing. And what I think I found the most emotionally challenging is that you go into this new bank and you're basically an alien. Mm. You don't exist. You've no history prior to the day that you walk in that door. And I thought all this stuff was on computers and that there were credit checks and records. But they say, no, your past history is irrelevant. We have to treat you as if, you know, you're just a blank slate and you have to start over from scratch. So that was a real land. Yes. You know, that it doesn't matter how good you are, that's irrelevant. And that's why they want you to have your account open mm, for three to six months before they'll even let you apply for the overdraft. My, oh my. I, I smiled yes. when you mentioned the bank of phones in the bank because I told this little story It's on, uh, on the show before. I went in one day to sort out something in my branch, Bank of Ireland in Drogheda, went and queued and waited, got to the counter to be told we can't help you here. You have to go yeah. to those phones over there. And I said, put them in. So anyway, they whooshed me off to the phones, like yourself. I got yeah. through quickly to a customer service person on the end of the phone. And you know what she said to me? What? You need to go into your branch to sort this out. Oh, yeah. I said, I'm in the 
effing branch yeah. at the minute. Oh. And like you, I, you know, I, I lost a little bit and then I calmed down and we, as like you said, you're only dealing with a person who's trying to help you. And uh, I did get sorted at the end of the day. But that brings us on to what you sort of uh, finished your, your commentary on this uh, about was customer is no longer king in the world. And when I was growing up and when I worked in different places, customer was king, Sarah. That was the big selling price. And I referenced Fergal Quinn that he built a business on that. And the whole, like businesses used to be so proud of the fact of they'd have a beautiful, smiling customer service person and you were number one. And it's just flipped completely now where they make it really, really clear to you. You are a cost center. That's what the customer is. You're a cost center and dealing with you in person is a nuisance. And even in retail shops where you have the bank of self-service checkout uh, tills, which I don't know about your listeners, but I just can't cope with them at all. (laughs) They break me. Something always goes wrong. Always. So I I try to avoid them as much as possible. But I was saying, you know, it's this real dehumanizing effect on people. And I think it does affect society as a whole. If people keep telling you, you don't matter you're a nuisance. Helping you be a customer of our company is really just a pain for us. And the people who really do bear the brunt of it are those customer service people. Mm. You know, like when during the lockdown, when I was phoning air, I was on the call, on hold for an hour and a half. And, yes. you know, of course, then people end up getting upset with customer service agents. It's terrible for them because it's not their fault. But if customers have something gone wrong and they're trying to get it sorted and they're giving you the business... Obviously, they're getting upset at the way that they're being treated. So, you know, I think it's a turn. So maybe, I'm saying maybe there'll be some, um, you know, turn in the trend. And maybe, you know, uh, companies will actually start to see that they can keep customers longer if they are nicer to them and that they're worth it. I mean, I don't see it. The trend seems to be going the other way. But uh, hopefully one day. Uh, The wheel, I can assure you, as night follows day, the wheel will turn. Because it's like if you think about the world, globalisation, the buzz, they all global. Now we have suddenly woken up to the fact that this is a disaster for so many individual countries. I remember decentralisation. You remember this yourself? Yes. Decentralised. Then they pull everything back to the centre. Then a few years later, they decentralise again. Don't get me started on that one. It turns and customer service will. There's Maddie on to me uh, saying, uh, Maddie from Navin says, Hi, Jerry. Uh, intriguing listening to Sarah. I rang Ulster Bank about six weeks ago. They told me not to do anything until I get a letter from them. I'm still waiting on that letter, she says. Yeah, no, don't wait on the letter. You no. can start now. And one other thing while I think of it is on the switching form that you get from the new bank, they will give you an option option to shut down your old bank account and completely switch in one go to the new bank account. I didn't tick that. I've kept my old bank account open so that I can check if there's any little payments that got missed or anything like that. I can run the two together. And I would recommend people do that. Keep your old bank account open um, because you just never know what would get missed um, in the switch. Don't put it down. But the message is get cracking. Brian's just told me in my headset there as well that uh, the letter should have gone out in February to people and they're still not out there. So you you better get going yourselves, folks. Isn't that what the the best advice? Don't wait for the letter. Start now. And then what you were saying, you know, about the uh, trend against globalisation now, that goes back to where on post and the credit union you know, might see an opportunity in this. And maybe if the banks see people going to those 
businesses because um, they can offer that local service. Maybe it would put them under pressure to restore some customer service. Mm. You know, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. You're fantastic. Just a word, and I'm putting you on the spot before you go. I'm going to let yeah. you go in a minute. What about Angela Rayner and her legs? I can I feel a column coming on and Sarah Carey with the pen out on the, the keyboard going already. Am I right or wrong or indifferent? Well, actually, I can tell your listeners um, I will have a column in on Thursday about turf. All right. It might be very controversial. Yes, so yes. Keep an eye out for the turf one. Okay. I'm saying we got to stop burning turf. Oh, so, uh, oh, 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 I had them on here last week as well, and I had the yay and the nays. I wish you luck with that one. But on yeah. a serious, on a serious note, this thing with Angela Rayner and the Conservatives and Boris, my God Almighty, is it 2022, Sarah? confess I don't know what you're talking about do you not, did you not you're, you're going to have to listen go and look it up there I knew I was putting you on the spot we hadn't meant to talk about this Angela Rayner deputy leader of the, of the Labour Party in Britain uh, a report in the mail yesterday they're not saying anything about it uh, Conservative MPs are saying that as she sat opposite Boris and crossed and uncrossed her legs during <laughs> debates she was putting him off <laughs> Sarah come on 2022. Okay, well, obviously, we don't know if that's mm. true, but um, if it was true, well, whatever you've got, use it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if it works. <laughs> I haven't heard anybody take that angle. Oh, get going, get that, get, research that and get cracking. I'm dying to hear what you have to say on okay. it. Anyway, anyway, it's caused a, a ripple, a fair ripple across the water in political circles. Anyway, look it up there. It's, it's only a breaking story, actually, right. in the last years. And I'm sorry for putting you on the spot with no, that. That's but fine. I'm uh, dashing off to the Guardian <laughs> website. Yeah, Daily Mail. Yeah, Daily Mail. Daily Mail broke it yesterday on the Sunday Mail, I think, or whatever. And now that's been followed up on today. Anyway, right. turf on Thursday. Don't miss her in the independent. She's fantastic. Sarah Carey, until the next time. Thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome. Lovely chatting to you. you bye too. now. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Sarah Carey from Enfield and County Mead. And we were talking there about switching your account with the bank. Since it first opened in November 2010, Tato Park has become one of the most visited places in Ireland. Tough times through the pandemic, of course, but things are really picking up this year and beyond. And I'm delighted to welcome back to Late Lunch the man, the brainchild behind it all, Raymond Coyle. Hello, Ray. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, I'm very well. Uh, you're good. You you, you uh, had a little bit of a blip on the health uh, there in uh, recent weeks and months, but you're back and raring to go, Ray. Mm, I'm back, anyhow. <laughs> I'm hoping uh, <laughs> raring to go. Yeah, but uh, I had uh, yeah uh, cancer, and I think I'm over it now. I think I'm over it. Good man, Ray, and lovely to have you with us, and uh, best of health to you for, for the future. Anyway, lots happening at Tato Park, including a name change coming up, I believe, later this year. Will you be <clears throat> sad to lose the Tato, you know, endorsement? Yes, I will. Uh, we started off with that when I did own Tato 10 years ago, uh, but uh, at the moment, Tato's a great name, uh, and uh, a Tato Park is well known all over the country. But uh, the contract was up for the naming rights. And uh, also, with Tato, we couldn't advertise in the North of Ireland because the uh, local Tato companies up in the North or in the UK. So inevitably, we had to change. Now, we haven't chosen the name yet. Mm. We'll, choose, we'll choose that now, next week, the week after. And then we'll look at it and see what type of design uh, it'll be. And 
will change uh, name first of January. Okay, so th- th- and the official announcement will be later in the year. Will it? Even though you will have made the decision imminently. Oh yeah, we will we'll, uh, announce that in, in July, August. Yeah. Okay, and and would you see it? I, I don't mean to pry, but I was just curious. You know, you were endorsed by a major brand. What a million bags of crisps are sold every week. Tato here in, in Ireland. Will it be somebody? Will it be a brand? Will Will somebody like buy the name and put their name to it, or will you just come up with your own name? Uh, it could be either one. Okay. Uh, we'll definitely come up with our own name. And <laughs> yeah. if somebody comes up with uh, the right deal for us, obviously uh, we take it. Yeah. Okay. So so watch this space. That that that, that news will, will will issue in due course. My God, Ray, from your initial concept, when you look what's in place today, and I remember being there. You remember which you when the wooden coaster the Cullen opened. Now you have yes. four coasters yes, there. Yeah, we have, and we're building two more. Uh, start next month and they'll be ready for the end of next year or the first quarter of 24. And Ray, will these put the other ones uh, into the junior shade? Are these big, real biggies? Uh, one of them is real big and aggressive coaster. It's steel and you hang under it and it can do full inversions and it's uh, uh, it, it really is somehow something else for a roller coaster, yeah. So then at that stage, you, you'll have six coasters on the park and much more besides in terms the Rotator, Oh My God, Air Race, Viking Voyage and Endeavour, all those there as well. Oh, you know the, you know the names of all the rides. <laughs> yeah, well, we have and some more fixed rides coming in, uh, a food and beverage, big lift in uh, that. And we're opening up a new area of seven acres, which we're calling Tiernan Oak, and that's where the new development is going. Uh, right, right beside the park. Right. The other aspect uh, which which children love, you have your junior zone, of course, but the zoo and animals, does that figure a big time going forward? Is that central to your plans? Uh, well, it's essential to our business because we have about 35% of people come in here, come in here and visit the zoo. Right. Uh, and, and then for people who have may, maybe don't like rides for some reason or other, or younger children, they like to do, and uh, next year we do uh, a petting farm part, and then the year after, uh, every year for five years, we've uh, come up with what we're going to be doing, and it'll really add to the zoo. Mm, so it is significant, really significant in, in in terms of visitors. When you look at the numbers, you know, pre-pandemic, you're what seven heading for eight hundred thousand. Uh, will I, I take it a million is on your radar to get a million in there, a million people in a season? That's right. That's what we're hoping to do. Uh, we are hoping with the investment that's going on, which is thirty million now this year, uh, next year, uh, next year. Uh, that should lift our attendance within two or three years to a million. Mm, like good God Almighty, like you're up there with one of the most visited already. This will be something else. And right here on our doorstep as well in the northeast. What about the, 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 the challenge you faced with the, the difficult two years and the COVID, Ray? You know, you've had many, I know you in your business lifetime have faced many and over them and m- moved on. One of the most difficult you've had? It was, but I mean, we got to open for a few months each of those years. We're allowed to open as everybody was. And it was something, but uh, we got over it. And uh, there was uh, good help from the government sources uh, towards the wages. That was very helpful. Mm. Uh, Couldn't have done without that. And uh, we managed. Uh, The main thing was that 
we had enough of money and reserves in the company to yes. carry us through. Mm, fantastic. Really, really just shows you for a rainy day. It's never uh, a bad suggestion, Ray, as you know, to well, have a few pounds, but bye. Yeah, you did right. You did right. <laughs> when, when you think, you know, when you go back, pre and where you came from and the potatoes and it all developed from there, it, it's an amazing story. You must pinch yourself at times. Well, sometimes I'm sitting here in an office in Taylor Park and I look out <laughs> and I see the rides and I think, well, I'm proud of them. And then I think of growing potatoes all around the country yeah. uh, on rented land mostly. And uh, and the other things we're involved in as well, uh, uh, we're involved substantially in Taylor or in Green Island Donegal Catch. Yes. So that's, that's done well during the, during the pandemic, that's done well because it was frozen food. But uh, no, I'm I'm grateful for the support I'm getting from customers and suppliers and uh, literally everybody, including yourself, mm. for giving us this opportunity to be going air. Not at all, any any time. And the, back to the coasters. I, I, I remember when the Cucullin opened and we were there that day and. I couldn't believe uh, the amount of people who travelled from all over the world to be there on opening day uh, with you and to experience it there. Every time you bring one on stream, I take it you get the same reaction. There's a huge fan club worldwide for these. Yeah, there's a fan club uh, too, actually, worldwide, and they will sometime come into it. Now, they will not uh, uh, come for a small coaster about Mm. 400 metres long, but something substantial that we say is the best or the biggest. You'll have them all for that. Yes. And that means they'll be here for that biggie that's on the way the year after next, Ray. Oh, I'm sure. I am sure. <laughs> I hope any of you are. I still haven't mustered up the guts to tell I, I got an awful frightening in Disney one time many moons ago and I found it hard to get back on. I'll have to overcome me phobia. I'm sure there's somebody there can help me. Yeah, we put a black bag on your head. <laughs> Ray, you're a villain. <laughs> is, that, help. is that That'll the solution? Help. Just don't close the eyes and away you go. Away you go, yeah. Away you go. Anyway, you're, are you open at the moment? Uh, we're, we're open yes. until yesterday and we're not open uh, now until Saturday uh, this week. Okay. And then we open every day from that until uh, December. Lovely. So there you are. Tato Park is uh, on the way, open to enjoy four roller coasters, lots besides the zoo. Everybody welcome and fantastic developments with a new name on the way over the coming weeks and months. Ray, it's great to talk to you. And again, I wish you good health and happiness. Thank you for taking our call. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to uh, tell your listeners that we're open and uh, the support you're giving me. Thank you. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Ray Coyle there, and there's only one song to take us from the chat into this one with Mr. Ronan Keating. Life is a roller coaster on the right now doorstep here in the northeast in Sado Park, and there is a whopper on the way, and another one too to look forward to for roller coaster fans. Now, if I said a word to you, would you know what I'm talking about? A little test for you this afternoon on Late Lunch. I'm just going to say one word before the break. And if you know what I'm talking about, send me a wee text or a WhatsApp. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say the word Datsun? D-A-T-S-U-N. Datsun. What is a Datsun or what was a Datsun? Somebody says a breed of dog. Maybe you were thinking of Dachshund, which is similar, perhaps, sounding. 
But yes, you do know. And there's a lovely message in there from Michal Duffy who tells me my uncle had one, Jerry. A lovely car at the time. Yes, I'm talking about a car. Datsun was the forerunner of Nissan. Nissan, 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 whatever you like to call it. Jamie, yes, you're in with the answer to David. Uh, many people there. Uh, yes, the name changed to Nissan from Datsun. But Datsun was the original car that came in. And that name, believe it or not, is 100 years old. And the reason I mention it today is that Nissan are retiring the name and the brand for good after 100 years. Believe it or not, Datsun was brought back a number of years ago in certain parts of the world under the Nissan brand as as a make as well. But there were Datsuns when they came to Ireland first, the first time. I remember Datsuns back at, say it was in the 70s or so, when they came in first, Japanese cars. At the time, there was, and the same applied to Toyota and that as well and many others, there was a rust issue when all those cars arrived first in Ireland. They weren't able for the climate we have here or whatever, but by God did they correct that in the meantime and they make the most brilliant cars in the world. They certainly do. But Datsun is being retired after 100 years. Did you have a Datsun? Did you own one? Michal's uncle had one there. He says it was a lovely car. Anyone have a Datsun? There's hardly anyone with a Datsun out there still. Not a chance, I'd say. I wouldn't think so. Unless it's vintage. Maybe it's somebody with a vintage car has a Datsun. Anyone out there with a Datsun? Long shot. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text or 04198 Three two thousand. If you care to call in, I'm fishing now. I'm fishing. I've cast out the baits out there, and I'm just waiting for a take. It's fishing today. Anyone with a Datsun? It's a long shot, hard to catch. Just uh, reminding you that Trim Drama Group present two hilarious one-act plays: What's for Pudding and Waiting for You, uh, taking place. They're starting tomorrow from the 26th, 27th and 28th of April. Three nights at the Castle Arch Hotel in Trim. Eight o'clock nightly. Tickets on the door or you can get them from James Allen Hair Design or by calling 046 943 That's 046 943 That's Trim Drama Group. Two one-act plays and it's going to be a great three nights in Trim with the one-act plays. You were at late lunch on LMFM Radio. <laughs> Another little ditty for you. Did you see the world's oldest person has died in Japan? Guess what age? She was 119 years young and she was born on the 2nd of January 1903. Kanye Tanaka is her name. And what an age she lived until. Unbelievable. Japan, you see, uh, I think they have the world's oldest the most elderly people in the world living beyond the age of 65, nearly 30%. Uh, but I have to say that uh, Miss Tanaka had a little way to go from the world's oldest ever living person. It was a French woman, Jean-Louise Calment. She died in 1997, 122 years and 164 days. Would you like to live that long? In years to come, they say, people will be living to 100, no bother with uh, what developments in uh, healthcare and drugs and lifestyle and everything tied in, 100 will be normal. But it want to be 100 with a, a quality of life, wouldn't it as well? My God almighty, it's a hell of an age. It really, really is. 
but with quality. Isn't that what you're looking for? Anyway, the world's oldest person has passed away in Japan, aged 119. Still to come on late lunch this afternoon, Victoria Lacey is joining me and she is the woman behind Ability Equine Assistance Therapy. She's going to tell us all about it. She was with me back during the lockdown and she's back for an update with us today. Horses and therapy, they go hand in hand. Maria Flynn will be with us. It's all happening at Bala McKenney Farm and I play for you a track from the best-selling soundtrack from a movie of all time. That's coming up after three, but taking us towards our next break on late lunch this lovely Monday afternoon. Thank you, Brian. Just got this one in with the skin of me teeth. It's Mr. Billy Joel and a classic. The wonderful Piano Man. One of my favourite songs of all time from the master himself, who I hope to go again and see sometime soon. Take it away there, Billy, on your wonderful piano. It's nine o'clock on a Saturday A regular crowd shuffles in There's an old man sitting next to me Ah, the Datsun, it does bring back memories. Sean's been on from Dundalk. He had a Datsun Stanza saloon. And Jerry. It was Car of the Year in 1982. There you go, Sean. Beautiful car, says Sean. Another one there from Paul Tiernan. Nice to hear from you, Paul. I had a Datsun 160B Spot and used it as a stock car. Oh, my God. Many moons ago. What a car to go. Thanks for the memory. Great days. <laughs> Lovely, Paul. Great to hear from you. Oh, I'd say she was a bomber as a stock car for sure. Um, but I wouldn't say anybody has a Datsun at this stage. It's a long, long time since they were in Ireland, unless, as I said, vintage. But if you know anything about Datsun cars or someone who might have one stuck in the shed somewhere in the back garden or keep it well as a vintage car, let me know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Let's move on on late lunch today from cars to horses. And I'm delighted to say hello to a lady who joined me back then during the lockdown. She's back with us today. She's a, a driving force behind Ability Equine Assistance Therapy. Victoria Lacey, how are you? Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you for joining me again on the show. And you are joining us for a reason, which we're going to tell the listeners about in a moment. But first, take us back. It is curious uh, that you had never been on a horse until you started bringing your son Finn to equine therapy. Isn't that amazing? And look where you are now. Indeed, I know. Yeah, it is. Lots of people think that I've been with horses all my life, but I really haven't. It really was through my son Finn that I got involved. And bringing him gave you the feel for this and what it could do for him because Finn lives with autism. You've a daughter as well, haven't you? That's correct, yes. I have a daughter, Madeline. She's 16 and she has autism as well. And she's an accomplished horsewoman. She is indeed, yes. She's a very, very good horse rider, yep. So horses have played a big part in two of your children's lives and many others as as well. What is it, you, you know, um, what is it that they have? Are they very perceptive when they come across humans that they detect something perhaps a little different about? Well, I mean, look, there's, there's sort of, there's many, many things. Um one is perhaps because they're so hypersensitive. Mm. So, you know, they can hear better than us. They can see better than us. They're prey animals. So their senses are always heightened. Yes. So um, I believe that they pick up on, on human motion. Yeah. 
so for example if if i'm having a you know if I, I walk into the yard and i'm having a particularly sort of stressful day and you go up to the horses you know they do have a tendency to mirror your emotions mm. you know so mm. uh, you know they might back away from you if you're you know if you're a little bit nervous or you're just, you know a little bit anxious so it, it, it's a good way to, to sort of self-reflect yes. on uh on, you know sort of your own state of mind and the way that you're feeling yeah, I know. I hear what you're saying. I tell them the story about the the, the classes at school because that's a lovely story about the way horses react differently. There were two different classes, weren't there? Uh, that uh, came to, because you went around the schools with horses before pandemic. Tell them the story of the two different classes. Yeah, so I actually took two of the horses to um, Finn School, and I do occasionally go into schools, and you know, I, I give talks to the children, and I tell them about the horses, and you know, sort of tell them what we do, and talk about disability and that kind of thing. So I done the talks, and then um, two of the classes then um, came out to have a look at the horses and ask a few questions, and the horses were just sort of you know doing their own thing, you know, heads down, munching on the grass, not really paying too much attention to the children. And then after um, the six classes had gone back in, um, my son's class came out. Now, my son um, is in an autism class. And uh, so all of the children ran around. And as soon as um, my son Finn and the other children ran around, all of which had autism, their horses changed totally. And they almost stood to attention. Um, they stopped eating and they sort of went into work mode almost. Um, it was it, it did send a shiver down my spine, I have to be honest, because mm. they just picked up on it straight away, you know? Yeah, another instance of their sensitivity and, and the way they have something else that we humans don't have, we, we don't understand, but it is simply marvellous. For anybody listening today, you have uh, many uh, customers, clients, patrons, whatever you like to call it, come to you of all ages, from children right up uh, through the age brackets as well. Do you need to have an affinity or an association or anything equine with you to take this up? No, not at all. No. Um, For the vast majority of our clients, they've never had anything to do with horses. Um, So, no, not at all. Um, You can, you know, yeah, so no. Not so, at all. And, and if you go along, say, you know, you mightn't want to get up on a horse, and some people don't, you know what I mean, but maybe to be just with them or do other things, is that available? It is, yeah, that's an option. You know, we offer two main services. Um, the first service is therapeutic horse riding, which is, of course, horseback riding. But we also offer a service called stable management, which is a very general term, really. Um, but that involves sort of spending time with the horses on the ground, you know, being around the horses, you can groom the horses, you know, spend time with the horses, lead the horses. And it really does help to sort of build up trust and confidence because at the end of the day, horses are very big creatures and they can be very intimidating. Mm, so, you know, if you, if you spend time with them and, and, and you sort of groom them, you can build up that trust. Mm. You work with children, I know that, and, and young adults as well uh, are a big part of, of what you do. But what about, and, and people with mild disability, what about people who maybe don't have any mild disability or anything and who maybe just have issues in their lives like, you know, I'm just picking out here perhaps some depression, a little bit of anxiety, things like that. Is, uh, is this something you'd recommend in that field? 100%, yes. I mean, yes, of course we do. We work with people who have multiple profound disabilities, but you don't have to have a diagnosis to avail of the service. You know, like you say, you know, you may be going through a bit of a problematic time in your life. 
you may have some anxiety, depression, you know, low confidence, low mood, that kind of thing. Um, we have lots of people that use the service that don't have a diagnosis, but, you know, come to use the service for, for different reasons, you know, mm. from a mental health point of view. Yes. And just to tell uh, listeners, in case you're wondering where this is, it is Castletown near Navin is where uh, Victoria operates from. And she's there. You're very good. You only take one day off today. That's why you're talking to me. Oh, you do? Actually, no, I was actually working this morning. Normally, yeah, normally we do have a Monday off. Okay. um, But you see, it's really important that the horses get a day off as well. Yes. Yes, so, yes. Um, yeah, but I have to say, no, just it wouldn't normally happen, but I, I was actually working this morning, but normally we operate Tuesday to Sunday. Yes, and of course the horses, in case anyone rings in and says, what about the horses on Monday? They're fed in water, don't worry about that. <laughs> that is a 365-day operation. I'm just ant- anticipating maybe a phone Absolutely. call or a message on that. Um, you have six, how many, six at the moment, six horses? Yes. We have six horses. And you're with me today for a specific reason. You're looking for another fellow or girl, another horse. We are indeed. Um, we do have six horses. We've got six wonderful um, therapy ponies. Um, but we need we need another one to join the team, basically. You know, our horses, um, they, do, they work really, really hard. And uh, we like to rotate. It's really important that we rotate the lessons that they have. Um, we're finding that we, well, actually we're inundated with calls from people at this stage um, and we don't have enough horses to cater for the uh, the, the amount of people. Mm. So unfortunately we are having to turn some people away. Oh. So, yeah, so we're, we're looking for another horse to, you know, so we can open up, um, you know, sort of maybe double up on our lessons for some days. But in order to do that, we would need another horse. Okay, and just for uh, background purposes, the horses you have uh, mostly rescues. Yes, we we do have a lot of rescue horses. We've got a a couple of horses that we sort of uh, stumbled across along the way, but no, the, the vast majority of our horses are rescues. And what are you looking for in terms of size, breed, age? What's the parameters? Well, we have we do currently have a horse on trial called Ben. Now, he's only on trial. Um, he's working out um, fantastically. Um, he's got, um, yeah, he's just brilliant. He, he's sort of everything that we want, but he's going to cost us a lot of money. Mm. So we don't get any government funding. So we rely totally on, uh, on fundraising. But, you know, like many other organizations because of COVID, you know, we, we haven't been able to fundraise. So um, that's, you know, it, it's been a real struggle. So now, you know, this year, now things have sort of opened up. We are starting to, to fundraise, but it is a little bit hard to get things off the ground, particularly because we're such a small organisation. Yes. So if anybody was listening today who might have an animal that could fit the bill for you, you're open to all comers to give you a shout and have a chat with them. We are indeed. We, we also have a, a GoFundMe page set up. Okay. Um, we're trying to raise funds to buy this particular horse called Ben. Okay. Um, because we really feel that, that he would be, a, a, you know, a brilliant sort of right. addition to the team. So we've got a GoFundMe page set up. Um, so if anybody out there would like to donate any money towards that, we would be incredibly grateful. And where did they find you? Did they just go in on GoFundMe and uh, look for Ability Equine Assisted Therapy? Indeed, yes. It, 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 if you just do that, and uh, yeah. it, it's under sort of, we need a new therapy pony. Okay. So Ben fits the bill. The problem is the bill. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. 
Okay, so we hear what you're saying. But besides that, you would be open to talking to anybody else who who might think they have an option for you in terms of a Gigi. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. That's good to hear. I know you're doing fantastic work and uh, we hear it and we get the feedback and I, I know what you're saying is genuine. You have six and they're busy six animals so you're looking for another one to take a little strain off them and not to be saying no to people when they contact you. That's the last thing I know you want to do, Victoria. Oh, exactly. I mean, look, I'm, you know, we're very lucky that we've got six six sort of um, horses and ponies and, you know, people out there may be thinking, oh, well, you know, six is quite a lot and it really, you know, it is a lot. But having said that, you know, the horse's welfare is paramount. So we have to make sure that we don't work out uh, our horses too hard. You know, they do a really, really important job. So, you know, it's important for us that, you know, we look after them um, and, uh, you know, which, which is why we need the, the new addition yes, for the team. Yes, I hear what you're saying. We all hear what you're saying. You'd, it's fantastic what you do. It really is. And it means so much to so many people and their families as well, what you do and the time you give to them there and the wonderful connection, as we've talked about, between the animals and uh, your customers there or clients who, who visit you. Look, I wish you well and I hope Ben works out and maybe more besides and continue what you're doing f- uh, far into the future. Success to you, continued success. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Victoria Lacey there. Wonderful woman. Ability Equine Assistant Therapy. Uh, they're just outside Navin there in Castletown doing fantastic work, but big demand for the services, as you heard. Go fund me. And again, if you just look them up, Ability Equine Assistance Therapy. Did you know that there are four Elton John songs contained in that song? I didn't know till Brian told me, to be honest with you. Anyway, <laughs> I don't like it. I have to say, put my cards on the table. I don't like it. I don't like the song. I don't know what it is. It's an amalgam of this, that and the other. Anyway, it's very popular at the minute and lots of people love it. I'm just giving you, honestly, my opinion. I'll be cancelled for that one. I will and me. You know what? Anyway, tickets to the Three Amigos. They're appearing at the TLT in Drogheda. This Wednesday, 8 o'clock, the uh, gig begins. Tickets from the TLT. There's a few left there if you'd like to go along. My question today was, from which language does the word amigo emanate? It's not Mexican. A lot of you said Mexican. It's not the Mexican language. The answer is Spanish. Amigo is the Spanish word for friend and it comes from the Spanish language. Oh, she's very clever. Lisa Noon, Lisa Noon, those tickets to the Three Amigos are yours today. Enjoy the gig on Wednesday. Sure to be a great night there. We'll be in touch to make the arrangements for the tickets with you. I mentioned Angela Rayner at the top of the show, the Deputy Leader of Labour. And as I was saying to Sarah Carey, uh, I just wasn't aware of the story, uh, to be honest with you, about this story that's developing in the UK where a story in the Mail on Sunday said uh, that she was using her legs to distract the Prime Minister Boris Johnson, crossing them and uncrossing them across from the Prime Minister, was putting him off. Yeah, it really is taking legs, this story at this stage. What, watch this space. But the, honestly, the sexism and misogyny uh, being peddled by this is simply disgraceful. It really, really is disgraceful. Honest to God, what's going on? I just wonder, are they trying to deflect 
from the trouble that Johnson is in with Partygate. This is one thing that's, and there's a few other smoke screens emerging as well. I just wonder, is that the case? Even though he's apologised profusely himself, but you wouldn't know what his agents are up to behind the scenes. Um, the other thing I, I noticed today from a driving perspective, did you see this, that the average speed cameras now have arrived in Ireland on the M7 between Nina and Bardhill. They're in there. You know what these are? They've been in the UK a long time. And if you drive the port tunnel, they're in the port tunnel for the last while as well. It means that, for example, and I put my cards on the table, you might be a bit over the speed limit as you're driving along. And when you see yourself coming up to perhaps where there's a camera or, well, you might think there might be a guard on the side of the road, you drop the speed limit or in a sensitive area. Then off you go again, the pedal goes to the metal and up you go and you're over the speed limit. Well, you can't do that now because when you pass a point, it takes a reading and so many kilometres on, when you pass that, it takes another reading and it works out the time it took you between point A and point B and your average speed. And if you're over, you're getting penalty points and a fine. And I hear you say, oh my God, nanny state. But listen to this. Since it came into the UK in 2000, it's resulted in a 36% reduction in serious road-related accidents and deaths. That has to be welcomed. And here on our doorstep in the Port Tunnel in Dublin, uh, we're less... You, you know what we're at now? 55% of us using the tunnel were exceeding the 80 kilometre speed limit down in the tunnel. In the port tunnel. Now, since the cameras went in, that averages your speed out from going into the tunnel until you leave it, what's the figure? One percent of drivers are exceeding the 80 kilometre speed limit now. It was 55%. They do work. And if it saves lives, it's to be welcomed. Late lunch, LMFM radio. It's amazing how one word prompts a response. That's, and I mentioned it earlier on, it's been uh, wound down after 100 years by Nissan and a number of people remembered and drove them, have memories of them. And Michael was on to say, I had two of them, Jerry. I had a Datsun 120Y and then a Datsun 1200 and loved both of them. Thanks indeed for getting in touch with us on the show. Now, time for my soundtrack this week and it comes from the movie The Bodyguard that was released on the 25th of November 1992. Of course it starred Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston who was incidentally making her acting debut. The story revolves around Rachel Marin, played by Houston, a famous actress and singer who hires Frank Farmer, a former US Secret Service agent played by Costner, to protect her from an unknown stalker. The movie was highly successful, becoming the second most popular at the box office in 1992 behind Aladdin. However, it was panned by critics who called out its appalling screenplay and terrible performances by Costner and Houston. Didn't make any uh, odds to the punters. But on the plus side, its soundtrack, which I'm featuring this week, was lauded all round, nominated for and winning several major awards and becoming the best-selling movie soundtrack album of all time. So let's begin the week of Songs for the Bodyguard with this one. Whatever you want, whatever you need. Shaka Khan! Oh yeah, Shaka Khan, 1978. 
was the original. That's a tune. That really is a tune. And that's Whitney Houston there from the soundtrack from my movie this week, The Bodyguard. Some great songs to come between now and Friday. Final break this Monday afternoon. And we're off to the farm. During lockdown, she came up with a wonderful concept called the Spud Shack out Ballamacenny Way. But of course, the produce has to be grown on the land and that's Ballamacenny Farm, of course. And I think I've taken her away from a very busy day. Well, every day is a very busy day at this time of the year on the farm, isn't it, Maria Flynn? Hi, Jerry. How are you doing? Yeah, you're giving me a 10-minute break, so thanks for that. <laughs> now I don't feel so bad. Do you know what I mean? That You deserve it because you work so hard. Well, 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 things rattling along at the moment. I take it the earlies are well in on the way up at this stage. Yeah, we have three varieties of early potatoes this year. We have Premier... We have Home Guard, you know the Home Guard, Jerry, yep. and uh, we have Queens as well. So, so they're in, they're on the way, and we're just gearing up to plant now. Start planting in the next few days our main crop, which will of course include our heritage varieties. Now, you are pretty unique in the country because, you know, to grow these varieties, not everybody's at them. Because, as you know, I don't have to remind you, uh, the demand for potatoes will be large and growing. And with what's going on in the world and the shortage of other wheat crops and that, well, perhaps it's going to be a big list lift for potatoes overall. But what you grow is quite different to the rest. Just remind us again about your main heritage varieties. Yeah, um, on that side of things, so we have a, a few different varieties. Uh, we have two Peruvian varieties and another one called Pink Fur Apple. Uh, a couple of our varieties are coloured potatoes. So Red Emily has a pink flesh. Violetta has a purple flesh. Um, the Pink Fur Apple is like, it, it is a white flesh, but it's a, it's a fingerling potato. So it's long and quite knobbly, quite a unique shape. It looks a little bit like ginger, actually. Mm. And uh, Mayan Rose is another really popular one. So yeah, it's growing. My little my little corner of the potato world. <laughs> I'm glad to say, is uh, I think they're getting more popular. I'd like to think we've we've played a um, a significant role in that, you know. And I, I really do hope in time, you know, that they become, um, you know, as as popular as some of the other yes. well known varieties. It's going to take a little time, but I think I feel we're getting there. I think, Maria, and I know and I believe, because I'm familiar with the, some of the varieties you mentioned there, that when you actually taste them and, you know, experience what they are, by God, it brings you back. And it, it really opens your taste buds and, and your, what would you say, your perspective on potatoes. You know what I'm getting at, Maria? You probably hear that from customers who come back to you all the time. I do. It's really the lockdowns. I mean, COVID has, you know, it's brought many challenges and heartaches. But um, we've got to look to some positives, if we can, to come out of it. And if you had have asked me prior to COVID um, about, about selling our potatoes to the, to the more general public, because as you know, we, we primarily we grow for chefs. Yeah. Um, I would have said, no, Jerry, that's an uphill battle. I, you know, I don't think it would take off. Um, and I just, I, I think I've been proved totally wrong, really. Mm. There, there's so much, uh, so many customers that come searching us out now. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Because of the varieties that we grow. Mm. And we have a hell of a great uh, loyal customer base. Do you know, they're really f- kind of friends at this stage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, that, that come back to us week after week. And it's uh, it's it's amazing. And, uh, it, you know, it makes my heart happy to see it because forget about colour of flesh and all of that and it can be a novelty and all the rest. But, you know, the one thing 
throughout all of the varieties that we grow is the flavour. Yes. You know, and they have a potato flavour. And I, I told you that quick story before. Um, the first time I tasted the Violetta, which happens to be the purple flesh one, um, it just reminded me, I just got this vivid memory um, from about 40 years ago. My my Granny Kelly from the Cord, from the cord Terrace. Mm. <laughs> and she used to make stew, you know. And we all loved her stew. And it reminded me of that, and I couldn't figure out why. And do you know really why? It was because it was the potato taste. Yes. You know, you could taste the potatoes again. Yeah, and you know, it's um, great to hear you say about friends as customers. We began the show today with Sarah Carey bemoaning the lack of, you know, customer being king. Uh, we were talking about the banks and swap uh, switching accounts, you know what I mean, with mm-hmm. Ulster and, and KBC leaving the country, and in mm-hmm. general. But you have, and that's what you have, that touch, that personal touch. Sure, people come to you, and I suppose you have to tell them it's clear off to serve <laughs> other customers in the nicest possible sense, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we, we've built up a little community, yeah. and um, there's always room for more customers. Yeah, of so course, of course. Feel free. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think, yeah, we're building up a little community and uh, it wouldn't have happened if COVID hadn't happened mm, you know mm, that's so true it's nice it's, it's one of the positives and I'm just thrilled when they're coming back because this time of year they're coming back and uh, I suppose the May and Gold would be our our customers that come here that would be the, their favourite and uh, they're like oh how much longer have we got it for you know yes <laughs> yes they're like oh no oh no and I said it's okay we'll have, the, we'll have the new potatoes coming but I love you know I love that they're invested in it nearly you know yes and I, I, I said look think how much you're going to look forward to them in September when they're back again absolutely you know? so, now yeah. you are always always uh thinking and looking to the future and developing because besides potatoes you do much more besides but tell me a little birdie is this true purple potato salad on the horizon yes yeah i'm on a mission (laughs) (laughs) i find um uh, the customers some of the customers will come and the color the purple will will put them off in the potatoes do you know what i mean they won't even try them uh, but I've done shows before where I make crisps from the purple ones and they'll stand in front of me at the table saying, no, I don't think I'd eat purple potatoes, but they're eating the crisps. Do you mm. know what I mean? They, yes. they don't associate the the two. And I have, I've had this idea for a couple, because there's such a lovely earthy taste to the Violetta. I love it. And they have a lovely texture. And I make potato salads with them at home all the time. Yeah. And uh, it's just a little itch I want to scratch, I suppose. I've been thinking about it long enough, so I decided to get on and do it. And uh, so we've the fun part done. We've, uh, we have the recipes finalised. OK. And we've signed off on those. So we're going to have two different types. Um, one is a mayonnaise-based. One will be an oil-based. But they're both purple potato salads. So now we're doing the, the hard part, which, you know, the labelling and making yes. sure you have all your information right and that kind of thing. And then have to come up with a snazzy picture for a label for the front and a um, bit more testing with labs, you know, for shelf life. It's quite complicated. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're well into the process now at this stage. So later on in the summer, we're going to have those for sale in retail. And I, I, I think once once members of the public eat them, try, you know, try them once, they'll, yeah. they'll love them. I really, really do. Ah, there you go. A new string to your bow for sure. What about the spud shack? Are you, you're open uh, weekends, is it? Yeah, um, customers are coming up to the yard at the moment, up to the main shed, and they just give the horn a beep, and out I come <laughs> running to the best of my ability. <laughs> and uh, But the plan, in about three weeks' time now, we will have our 
summer hours. So I'll be open every day at okay. the Shack in okay. about three weeks. Ah, that's great to hear because you'll have your first airlies coming in and lots exactly. more besides. Yeah. And that's yeah. gas, isn't it? Into the yard, beep the horn and, yeah. and, and you arrive. I like that type of customer service to finish the show today. I think there's a real personal touch and it's a lovely, it really is a lovely touch. Yeah, no, it's good times, good yeah. times. We're, um, we're coming out of something, into something new, but um, I, I have to say we're, we're quite happy here and love to see people coming back and, and you know, just hearing how their week has gone and that kind of thing. My dad had a, um, a veg shop in Narrow West Street with my uncle for years. It was called McKell's. Yes. And I used to go in there after school and it'd be mm. the same customers in and out and you get to know about their families and stuff. It's nice. It's brought all that back and I love uh, it. I do. Uh, it's in the DNA for sure. Listen, your tea break is over. The, the stopwatches have to go off here. You've had 10 minutes. You can't slack on the job. Back you go there to help. Anyway, best wishes to you and great to hear that the new Thanks, crops Gary. are on the way. Thank you for yeah. joining me. All right, thanks so much. Bye-bye. Take care, bye-bye. That's uh, the wonderful Maria Flynn there from Ballamakenny Farm, an innovator for sure. And uh, those heritage potatoes, fantastic, I have to say. For me, Mayan gold, uh, the purple, I love them, the violetta, and the pink fair apple is a strange-looking potato, but an absolutely beautiful, beautiful flavour. I think I'll be lifting me first of my own in the greenhouse next weekend. They're looking big, long stems in them in the pots in the greenhouse, but the goodies are in the pot, and I can't wait. The first new potatoes of the year, a knob of butter. Ah, God almighty, you can't beat it. Anyway, tomorrow on Late Lunch, we're talking hay fever. We'll have you two on Tuesday and more besides. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with the drive. And I want to say a big thank you to Brian Farrelly for guiding me safely through the half uh, the last couple of hours this afternoon. Thanks, Brian. Anyway, Eddie next. Late Lunch, back tomorrow, half one. See you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 